What is up, y'all? Welcome to the 5Q5K. I'm your host, Josh Williams. The goal of this podcast is to create a safe and welcoming environment for you to learn and begin to embrace what I've come to know as an actively improving lifestyle. We hope you're able to get out there and get active while you join in on our conversation. That being said, let's get to it. All right, what is up, guys? We're back with another episode of the 5Q5K. We're here in the studio with Tyler Jones, aka Dad Miles 22. How are we doing, Tyler? Doing swell. There we doing go. Swell. Well, yeah. give me give me a little background on on Dad Miles 22. Oh wow! So Dad Miles 22, you know, basically I was I was getting back into running after a long time. I wanted to kind of chart that journey yeah. on social media, and I was thinking about you know, so what is you know is there anything special about me and, and running? Is there anything different? You know, I have two kids. And so a lot of my training schedule revolves around that. And so I made dad miles because, uh, you know, I'm doing it to kind of inspire fitness in my children at a young age. And then also show parents who are getting older that, you know, they can find ways to still stay fit and even gain fitness. Perfect, man. So, but it's just, it's for, it's a for fun thing, you know, you gotta do it, yeah, man. Yeah. You gotta have fun with it. Well, Hey, yeah. give dad miles 22 a follow. Like right now, like stop listening and then come back. But for sure, there we go. So Tyler, give me a little background on yourself and athletics. Kind of give, you gave everybody the little appetizer, but give us the, give us the main course. Tell us about yourself and athletics, kind of where you started, where you've been and what's that's looked like for you. Sure. So, uh, I've been, you know, an athlete really like my whole life. I would say I've done a lot of different things, um, from extreme sports to traditional sports. So, you know, started riding dirt bikes when I was like six and playing soccer too. Nice. And then when I was a young kid too, at the same age, I was playing like soccer, peewee football, t-ball, right? And then as I went up, I, I probably stuck with soccer the most, but kept riding motorcycles too. And my okay. dad, my dad's like in his fifties and he still races motorcycles. Wow. So motorcycles are a big part of the family. And then um, in high school, I tried everything, everything but powerlifting because I was like a scrawny guy, <laughs> but you know, played football, ran cross country, ran track, played some basketball some golf what was your favorite out of all those because i mean th those take so many different skill sets for all those sports you mentioned like that's awesome yeah well um i would say probably the my favorite sport i've ever done is after all that i got really into rock climbing oh, uh, okay. for a while indoor and outdoor rock climbing gotcha i ended up you know like hurting my shoulder having a kid and COVID hitting kind of all at once <laughs> and oh, so man. it was really hard to get back to rock climbing because yeah. i was i was climbing like two three hours a day every day okay maybe not every day like five days a week gotcha. so it was hard to adjust that schedule with a child and we might return to rock climbing one day but aside from that it's probably you know obviously i enjoy running again but sure. uh, soccer okay so, played soccer my mom was like my first soccer coach i'm a soccer coach now nice so uh yeah, soccer has been something that's really stuck with me. You think you'll coach up your kids once they're, you think they'll play soccer? Someday? I'm already trying. Okay, yeah, there you yeah. go. My Start son actually, I, I trained him as a runner too. He's four. Wow. And uh, he turned four in November and he just ran his third race. So wow. he's run three 1Ks. So he okay. started when he was three. Wow. Yeah. And he goes on training runs with me. That was I'm, awesome. Yeah. And he does push-ups with me at home. So Hey, shout him out. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, give yeah. him a shout out, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's Ollie, man. He's my he's my little guy. So Let's go, that's Ollie. a big part of Dad Miles, you know, is yeah, yeah. again like trying to come up with how do I make fitness routines doable as a as a working parent. And a lot of it has to do with integrating your children into that time you're spending instead of you know just like having to take that time away from your family. For sure. So, For sure. Yeah. Well, kind of walk me through 
how you got into long distance running and like you, you mentioned like kind of the foray into so many different sports, but how, how did long distance running stick? And you're like, you know what? This is what I'm about. So it's a good story. Um, there we go. I moved to this really small town when I was in middle school. What's like, the town? Uh, Kemp, Texas. Okay. Yeah. And so I was in middle school there for a year and then went into the high school. Gotcha. Right. And, uh, it you know small town like everybody has to play football like you're not cool if you don't play football yeah. so it's like all right i'm gonna play football um and we're doing two days right yeah. and the first day of two days was going fine you know we did a bunch of running you know mm. we had to run to like one of the kids threw up and that was like oh, the rule. No. And like we're gonna run all that summertime out of you you know or whatever oh, so man. we ran until someone puked and then we went inside and um started lifting weights i never lifted weights in my life so i was like okay uh so I, I get with like the wide receivers, like the smallest guys I could yeah, find. Yeah. I was about their size too, to be honest. You know, okay. I, was, I was one of the smallest guys. So, Fair. so, you know, I do a set of bench press. I was like, okay, that wasn't that bad. I go around do my second set of bench press, go to rack it. It misses the rack. Spotter doesn't catch it. Oh. And it comes right across the bridge of my nose. Oh no. Yeah. So for like the anatomy people listening, the tip of my nose was touching my zygomatic bone over here, which is like your cheekbone. And then Jeez. the rest was just like the shape of a barbell. So, oh my goodness. And this was like the first day lifting weights. First day lifting weights as a freshman in high school. Oh yeah. my so gosh. It was, it was a really tough recovery to like get back under the bench, yeah, you know? Yeah. And I mean, probably it wasn't until I was probably 30 that I was able to lift, like do bench press without a spotter, you know? Wow. Like even the first time I went back to do push ups was like was a little sketchy, you know? Dude. But uh, yeah, so I, I had to have facial reconstructive surgery. I had like a little cast on my nose the first day of high school. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, I'd always been active and, and been doing sports and they were like, you're going to miss like nine weeks, the first nine weeks of the football season or whatever. Uh, I was on bed rest for six weeks too, after my surgery, but, uh, that sounds or, like, or, like recovery. limited activity, you know, like I could like go to school and I had to go yeah. and like lay down for the rest of the day. Wow. Um, but, uh, anyways, that was like most of the season for yeah, them because yeah. there's like 10 weeks of district play and then playoffs if they go. Right. So it was like, I had a buddy on the cross country team okay. who was like, you know, we talked to the cross country coach and he was like, yeah, we'll get you in here. And I and talked to my doctor, but I was like, yeah, you can probably run cross country in like four weeks. So I was like, okay, I'll try cross country. And um, the first year was tough. Uh, I don't know what my first 5k was. It was probably like 26 or 28 minutes, like not speedy. Um, I was probably the slowest guy on the, the boys team. But by the next year, I was like the fastest guy on the Dang. guys team. And, it wasn't a fast team. That okay. was the fastest one on it. That's so, a big change, man. Yeah. From so last to first. Yeah. I mean, well, some people graduated, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, hey, take, uh, take it. I'd take it, man. Yeah, that's, that's a win. Yeah. So, you know, I think people like to do things that they're good at. And I felt like I was achieving, you know, a little bit of success there. For sure. And so I just stuck with it. And then, you know, I got really into running and started reading like Runner's World magazine and all that and reading about like, you know, races and things like that outside of cross country. And I started to notice, you know, like, wow, you know, these split times get lower as you get further out. Like I'd done a season of track at some point during, during high school. I didn't really like doing long distance track very much, but, uh, it's a lot, a lot of, a lot of turns, yeah, just man. circles. <laughs> like I loved cross country being out on the trail. Um, yeah, yeah. and so anyways, I was like, you know, I don't think I'm really that fast. And I had no concept of doing speed work either this time, you know, okay. so I was like, I'm not fast. I'm never going to be like a competitive miler. That's how I felt. Anyways, now I feel like anyone could really do anything, but yeah, yeah. So I was like, you know, these mile splits get shorter as we get into longer races. So maybe if I just 
run longer longer races you know i'll find some competitive edge so (laughs) so i ran two half marathons when i was 17. wow okay and uh you know there was not many other 17 year olds running the half marathon so did pretty well um but uh yeah so i guess that's how i got into long distance running and then went to college and i think this is common i went to college and i was just so busy with college and having fun it's like yeah i don't i don't really have a lot of time for running i would go for a run sometimes like for mental health you know for sure um running has always been and i run all the time so it makes me pretty mentally healthy but yeah yeah there you go <laughs> but in college i would just i would go on a run sometimes when i like more in the process something you know yeah just yeah. think about it while i ran and that helped a lot but i wasn't really really running consistently it's like um, shower time but more productive yes right? exactly there yeah you go. <laughs> yeah and so didn't really run a lot and then recently i you know i'd, I'd stopped with the rock climbing and not doing a whole lot of physical activity i started getting in the weight room doing some lifting but I reconnected with the friend who invited me to do this thing called Texas Independence Relay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, um, my, my sister-in-law wants to start this team, but she's really flaky. So like, you know, just be prepared. We might have to do our own team. I was like, okay, cool. And so she flaked out and then we started gathering people (laughs) and like a few, I would say like a month before it was actually going to happen. Yeah. He was like, I'm out, you know, I have this Houston marathon coming up. Like, I just don't oh. want to do this. This is my first marathon. I could get injured beforehand. I was like, yeah, okay, sure. That's reasonable. But the thing is I'd met a, I made a bet with my little brother yeah, yeah. <laughs> that like we all had these new year's resolutions, right? Cause it happens early in the year. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things was, if this was one of my things, like I had to complete yeah. the TIR. And if I didn't, he could like pick a half dollar size tattoo and I had to pay for it. And like, yeah, there's all this stuff. Uh, so I was like, this is a lot right I was, was like, so I have to do it. Yeah. So I just like signed up as a free agent. I got put on this team with a bunch of uh, really interesting folks. Uh, <laughs> and um, we, you know, we did it and it was really fun. It was awesome. And I really kind of like found my love of running a little bit. Yeah. Afterwards, I still took a break. And then what really kind of, and that's when dad mall started too. Right? Okay. But when, what really kept me on a consistent thing was later that year, I went to this local 10 K yeah. and it was like, it was the monster mash car block monster mash 10 K uh, the okay. Houston running company puts on. Nice. And I was like, I'm going to run it in a costume, you know? Okay. And I got second place in my age group in like this inflatable costume. <laughs> so I was like, so what was the costume? Uh, it was like an alien abductee. You know, uh, like it was like it was like an alien was running around yeah, carrying yeah. me. Okay, know? so for like a ten k. So it's the fastest alien abduction. Yeah, ever and recorded. The, the fan like blew out from like sweat or water like halfway through. <laughs> so I was just like running in a deflated sweatsuit. It was horrible, <laughs> but I was like, wow, if I could get second place like in these conditions, yeah. maybe there's some potential there. So yeah, so then I started running more regularly. And, uh, you know, finished their holiday series last year or this year, I should say, run a lot of cool races since then. So run a couple ultra relays, but really I specialize in like the, the 10 K distance right now. And my goal is to do an Ironman by 35. So I'm 30 right now, but I want to, you know, so before full Ironman, I got to knock out my full marathon. Yeah. Do some biking, obviously, some yeah. swimming. Um, but I don't want to just uh, kick it off with the marathon, just knock one out, you know? Mm-hmm. I really have a goal of like BQing on the first one. And so my, my idea is that, in all this to have a fast Ironman, right? But sure. my idea is that if I get 
faster in these shorter distances first, mm -hmm. it'll translate up to quick time in the in the long distance. So there you, go. you know, cutting down on the splits right now, and I really love the 10k distance, but I have this goal. So probably in the next two years, I'm gonna have to do the uh, the full marathon. Nice. Yeah. Do you have one that's in mind to do? I'm probably gonna do the Houston. Marathon. It's good and flat. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, and it's just local and sure. you know, it's not a world major or anything, but it's a pretty big marathon. And you uh, you know, I've been going out to it for a few years to support friends and stuff. And so I think that'd just be a, a fun first uh foray. Yeah. It's your city, man. You gotta yeah. you gotta hold it down for your city, right? Yeah. There you go. Absolutely. Well, dude, props to you on the 10Ks, man. Cause like for me, like the last 10K I did, like, and I, I trained more like half and fulls. Mm -hmm. So it's like, when I get to a 10K, I just don't have the burst of speed that y'all have like the last two miles. And I'll like, it's weird when you go like 5K, 10K, it's like basically a full on sprint the entire time, you yeah. know? Yeah. So like, I'll get to like mile like three or four of a 10K and it's like, I feel like I'm going pretty hard, but then y'all like guys that are really good at the 10K just pass right by you. You're like, oh my gosh, these guys are different. So Big kudos to you, man. I, that's a tough distance. Yeah, it always makes me feel good when I'm running like a, a 10K loop course, yeah. right? And like, I have these people in front of me like, man, they're really fast. And then they just peel off at the 5K finish line. I'm like, okay, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I, that's kind of how it's interesting. You'll see it. I'm sure it, it, it's Houston, a kind of trail that it's like the half and the full are together for a while and then they split. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. It's interesting when you're at a split like that you think like, oh man, these guys are flying for a marathon. And then they just peel off at the half and it's like, there's like nobody here now. Oh my gosh. Like it's, this is empty now. It's crazy. Yeah. It takes a load off. I will say it's <laughs> the the downside for the the races I run yeah. is it's usually a 5k and the, and the 10k just runs the course twice. Oh, so it's like so a like double loop. All these people break off. But then when you're like doing the comeback on the second round you're like running through all these people that just signed up for like the local 5k uh, but you're like trying to hit the podium yeah you yeah know? You're, having, <laughs> so, you're trying to weave through yes yeah you're trying to stay efficient but you're having to weave around like families like sometimes like walking dogs pushing strollers and so Dude. and then also you're trying to get that cool finish line photo and yeah, you're running yeah. past like someone's grandma with your hands out like, <laughs> you know and she, she's just giving the peace sign yeah like, gotta get out of pig, so man. it's like you don't look that fast in those finish line photos. <laughs> <laughs> wait you just gotta tell people i did two laps yeah yeah on. yeah there yeah. you go. Well, tell me, tell me a little bit more about who you're training right now and kind of what that experience has been like. Oh, okay. So, um, I doing a couple training, a couple different groups, people. So just finished up a cross country season. Okay. Started the first cross country program at my school. I teach at, I'm a teacher. Awesome. And, um, you know, that went really well. It was, it was a new experience for all of them, but it was really cool just to, when I ran cross country, I felt like I didn't know anything about running. Okay. My coaches were just like, get out there and run yeah, we ran yeah. like we ran like full pace every day yeah you know yeah. so it was good to help teach them a lot of things that i had learned personally for sure from running and we actually won the conference championship in our first season which Dude, was let's go. sick Dude, um, congrats yeah so that was hang the banner hang the yes, banner right? exactly yeah get the banner yeah so i also trained some people in their uh like mid to late 20s just kind of privately for sure um and i'm trying to i mean i do get paid to coach the cross country guys but i, mm -hmm. I want to develop you know programs that i can give to other parents and stuff so they're kind of my guinea pigs these there's friends of mine and friends of my wife okay um but the most recent thing i've been doing is uh i've been working with a, a team called team catapult in houston okay and they work with 
disabled athletes, but mostly uh, athletes that have visual challenges, you know, okay, like they are partially or completely blind. Wow. Um, and so the same guy that signed me up for the TIR and backed out <laughs> actually got me into this. So, Man, okay. Yeah. There's a, it's, it's associated with another group called freaks run club, which okay. has a lot of people that, that run in that group, um, that have disabilities, uh, including like amputees, the, okay. uh, some of the guys that run it, um, like one guy, Patrick Presco was actually born without legs pretty much like wow. below the knee or actually above the knee. It doesn't have legs. And wow. so, um, he's been like a real force in a lot of people's lives by showing you like, you can be a runner, you can do anything. You know? Yeah. That's awesome. And so that's kind of the same idea with catapult. I think is it's kind of like showing people, you know, like who would think that, you know, a blind man could run a marathon or a half marathon or, or run, you know? And so it's helping you show these individuals how much they're capable of. And then their stories show other people what they're capable of. Um, and so, yeah, my buddy Blake got me into that. Alder That's run awesome. on, hey, there on you his go. Alder dot run. There you go. <laughs> and, uh, he's also a Houston marathon ambassador. Okay. Um, sounds like he's, he's been integral in a lot of these origin stories, right? Yeah, for sure. There you go. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, and so I, you know, I'd gone, gone to a couple workouts with them. Mm -hmm. Um, and then this, this guy, Andre, Blake was leading him in his, in the half marathon, the Houston half marathon or Chevron Ramco. Um, and you run with two people. So one person is like holding a tether. There, there's okay. actually even different ways that they connect with, with the, with the athlete, a uh, visually challenged athlete. But, um, in our case, one person's holding a tether and then Andre would also be holding the other end of the tether. He's, okay. he's the, uh, who we guide is Andre. Gotcha. And, um, you kind of use this elastic tether to guide back and forth around obstacles and, um, gotcha. and then you have a secondary runner who's kind of up in front, kind of clearing the path. If there's, you know, runners who are walking or slow or stopping, uh, like, let them know we got a blind athlete coming through Yeah, yeah. or, um, you know, calling out, you know, road hazards. And wow. then, you know, it can be kind of fatiguing to run with just your hand up to the side with yeah, this tether. Yeah. So we'll switch off and do that okay. too. We got to carry his fuel. So, um, a big part of that process is doing a lot of training runs with Andre and Blake for sure, because, you know, trust is a pretty big factor when the person you're guiding can't see for very sure, well, man. like they have to trust you to be their eyes and they're trying to go like as fast as they can yeah, in a half yeah. marathon pace. So, and you know, and Andre, Andre likes to take yeah. off and do some strides sometimes. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he keeps us on our toes for sure. But that, that's kind of like the newest, uh, journey I'm going through right now. So it'll be his first half marathon. Awesome. And it'll be my first, uh, I've actually guided him before in like a, a weight lifting setting, but, uh, this will be my first time guiding someone through a whole half marathon. So yeah, we were just running Memorial park this morning. Do you know, did, like, have y'all talked about kind of different obstacles that are things like, okay, this is something I want to call out. This is something that I don't even need to call out. Or are there certain like, cause I'm, I'm trying to wrap my mind around. I feel like I would be like, getting too nervous like there's a pavement crack here or something like that is there anything well no that's a good that's a great question so yeah. like if there's any kind of terrain changes okay. like you know you might run from gravel to then like running across concrete or something mm -hmm. where you know cars drive by or whatever you're gonna tell them you know like we're about to be on concrete in three two one now you know like okay we got loose gravel coming up there's a route it's gonna be on your right foot the road's gonna dip right here a little bit or, you know, we'll say like, okay, you know, there's a tree coming up. We're going to have to move left around it. And 
Okay. So you're using the tether to pull them around, but you're also just kind of like verbally explaining all the stuff you're avoiding okay. and anything that they're about to feel under feet, you know? Okay. Yeah. Just keep, just keep you kind of like where you know everything around you almost. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, even the cracks in the road will do that. And then another thing we do is we try to keep them to the right of the trail and it just limits variables. You know, like no For one sure. is going to be running past them because we're like on the inside and then Makes to their outside is just, you know, the edge of the trail. Dude. Okay. So yeah, but when we're running and doing training runs, a big part of it too, it's just kind of like, you know, there's walkers and stuff and yeah. you've got to let them know you're coming through or people with dogs, you know, so I think yeah. it's awesome, dude. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, so I was in, I was over in Greece. This was like last year and they, they have like, it, when you're in Thessaloniki, there's like a big waterfront that you can run down. And I thought it was really sweet what they had. And I wonder if there's anything like this around here, but they kind of had little grooves along the like river walk. And I was out running one morning and I saw there was like a group of like four runners that I think at least two of them were blind, but I'm not sure it might've been all four, but they mm -hmm. were kind of using like a type of stick kind of on the groove to keep going along because there's no guardrail on the side of the water like on the waterfront i was sitting here like man that is crazy that's, like, that's pretty extreme that's yeah. a lot of trust in those <laughs> grooves man like i don't know like i think it's awesome that kind of having that human aspect of being able to like talk through something and not like rely just on a groove like that oh yeah <laughs> that gave me anxiety i would not trust the grooves man <laughs> no that that's that's pretty legendary no there's uh it's it's you know I think it's like rolling with your like partner in the squad car, you know, you just have to be able to trust each other. And that comes with, you know, a lot of time together and know each other's cues and stuff. Um, and, uh, just like, you know, how he likes to run and, you know, like he prefers me to be like a half step back, you know? Okay. And, uh, and it just, I think makes race day so much more comfortable when you spend a lot of time together already. So, and there's, they even have social events and things like that. So cool. the, the bond between the, I mean, you don't have to have, a guide i don't think that you're well bonded with but it makes a big difference yeah, it sounds like a big competitive advantage because like yeah you're you're going into the, it's like going in with a teammate as opposed to going in with just d did you feel that way kind of when you went for a free like as a free agent at tir you're kind of like i don't know any of these guys like this is fun but like it's i'm a free agent you know oh yeah it was weird now it's definitely like reserved and you know not my typical self for a while i kind of had to feel out the social dynamic and stuff and yeah. i was just so focused on hitting the time that i told them i was going to hit you know like, <laughs> you know so yeah yeah but it ended up being a really chill crew but uh, yeah but yeah i think they have that same kind of would have that same kind of anticipation so what what is uh is it is andre correct yeah what is andre's cue when you know he's gonna like hit the like hit the nas hit the turbo button honestly we need to have a cue for that because okay. <laughs> he just sometimes wants to just like well i will say this there's a there's a place we run a lot we run at memorial park which is like the running mecca of houston okay and um there's one section of the park that he always wants to like hit a kick on he doesn't say anything but but i know now that when we hit that point he's okay and i tell him about this terrain change he's gonna take off yeah. <laughs> so I have to be ready to like be calling stuff quick and yeah, but uh, it helps because we have two guides running all the time. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Though. It'd, be, it'd be funny if you're just like, you're kind of just enjoying the view and then it's like, nope, it's time to go. That's pretty <laughs> much what happened the first time. I'm, and it was my first, first time, you know, guiding him with the tether too, not being like the assistant guide. So I'm like yeah. holding it and he just like takes off. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't really know how else to, like, <laughs> there's no other experience like it. I just, you know, I'm trying to keep this pace. And then 
he just yeah hits the boost but yeah uh, there you go but yeah blake has a lot more experience running with him so he okay. would know things like that yeah okay <laughs> yeah cool. but now we're on the same page well there you go yeah. there you go so so either way it's andre's first half marathon so we got a pr coming in january is what i'm hearing right yes absolutely yeah there you go. he's been you know knocking out a lot of new distances so he just prs all the time like he ran pretty Ooh. sure he just ran his first 5k this year uh maybe a 10k he just ran the 12k of christmas with houston running co so that was a guaranteed pr for a lot yeah. of people because like who races 12ks <laughs> yeah seriously and uh, yeah it's gonna be his first half there you go is, half do you think is it a marathon on the horizon for him uh you know i i see a lot of people in this group kind of catch the bug and keep trying to do things i mean there's actually several people in catapult that are that be queued and run boston that is awesome um yeah so i think i think they start to realize like what they're capable of and and want to see what more they're capable of so it could be too and you know andre has a has a young son and i know that he is really proud to like do this and, and show his son you know about fitness and and doing hard things so that's I think awesome that, i mean just like me as a father i think that's something that drives him and might continue to drive him to longer distances there you go well hey shout out to catapult because that's that's awesome that they're getting so many people kind of in the running community runners helping runners i think that's awesome that's that's really cool absolutely so. yeah Good job on your work with Catapult, Catapult, and I'm excited to hear on Andres what Andres PR is. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. And I'm gonna call it an age group PR for me too. Okay, there you go. There we go. <laughs> it's been like 11 years, so or no, 13, I guess. Yeah. Okay, so hey, double yeah. PR. Yeah, double big PR. Big PRs everywhere. Yeah. There you go. Well, kind of take me into you. We we've, we've talked about Ollie is your one son. You have mm -hmm. two sons, correct? I have a daughter, Josie. Oh, son and a daughter, so Josie and Ollie. Okay, yeah. so walk me through. I I do not have kids. Yeah. And for me sometimes i get super unorganized and i'll have like it'll be like 11 30 or midnight and i'll be like i still need to get the miles in today so i'll go for a run at like 11 30 or midnight and it's just just kind of how it happens that is less possible when you are a father correct <laughs> oh yeah definitely yeah or even just married you know yeah yeah that sounds beautiful but um <laughs> <laughs> well yeah walk, walk me through being a running dad yeah so, dad runs 22 yeah dad miles dad, dad miles. miles 22 sorry dad it's miles, okay it's okay we just said it like an extra three times so it works out there you um, go hey, there you go so there's really like two ways to be fit as a parent uh i think so one way is and i kind of do a mixture of this you know when you're training for long distances you have to sometimes be out running for like an hour plus. I mean, regularly once a week, I'm gone for over an hour just on the run, not commuting, right? Uh, for like Saturday long run, right? Um, but I have all these other runs too. I mean, the shortest run I do every week is probably 40 minutes. So a lot of times what I'll do is wake up before the rest of my family. And it actually works out well when you have kids because they have early bedtimes, right? Uh. So yeah, so we even co-sleep, right? So like I'll lay down with my son and it's just like caveman we're all in the same bed and we lay down at like 7 30. and so when i wake up at you know 4 30 to run i got nine hours of sleep which That's is not bad, excellent man, man sleep so important for fitness yeah. and before i you know started really integrating my son into it and and doing all this i actually wasn't getting great sleep or enough sleep right and so i sometimes wake up for an early morning run but i had been so focused on well, I need to put the, my son down and then I need to like wake up and have me time. And then I wake up in the morning and I'm like, man, I only got five, six hours of sleep because I had to watch TV after I put my son yeah, down. Yeah. And so you figure out like different times to do that kind of stuff. But anyways, yeah, waking up really early, which a lot of marathoners already do. 
right? So that's not a huge adjustment, but you're kind of running and that's not time lost to your family. They don't even know you're back until you get back with all your running endorphins and wake everybody up and be <laughs> annoying. Uh, and, you know, dads are just loud in the kitchen in the morning. Everyone knows that. Um, and then uh, aside from that, what I do is I integrate him in a lot of my workouts. Okay. So like, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but he's already run a few races. Yeah, he's uh, cooking it. The kilometer distance. Yeah. yeah. So if I'm going to like head to the treadmill and, you know, run for 40 minutes or go to the park to run, I might take him outside and run a kilometer with him in the neighborhood first. Mm -hmm. um, and then sometimes when I have, oh, anytime I have a track day, right? Like a, a speed session, I'll take him with me to the track. It's a small area. They got... Uh, what he thinks is a sand pit for long jumping, right? But he like brings his dinosaurs and trucks and stuff and gets in the sand pit. He likes to bring his balance bike out and just do laps okay. with his balance bike. Um, and then another thing we'll do is, you know, I will, if I have a, a race pace interval, like race pace jog interval, I will bring my, you know, stroller, like running stroller and I'll do my race pace mile, right? And then I'll get him out and we'll do the interval together. Okay. I'll just jog the interval and like kids are capable of so much more than you think. And if he gets tired, just throw him back and finish my jog interval with him in the, in the stroller. Um, and so he actually really enjoys just going on runs and, and chatting, you know, and it's like you get your workout in and you had good quality time. So you're checking a lot of boxes and then strength training too has been important to avoid injury. So we'll do like body weight workouts at home. And uh, he's got great push-up form as, nice. a, as a four-year-old four already. Man. Yeah, I don't think I'd ever done a push-up. Yeah, at he age does four. like lunges and stuff. And dang, um, actually for Christmas, and he doesn't know this, nor does he listen to the podcast, so it's fine to share. But uh, <laughs> he, I got him like from Rogue Fitness this like toy barbell set, okay. <laughs> so he can <laughs> start doing power cleans and squats yeah. and deadlifts, you know. <laughs> so yeah. So you, yeah, that's, that's basically it. You, you have to find time to either get your fitness in that is not taking time away from your family or you have to include them in it. And I think the, the easiest thing to manage is not picking one of those things, but doing kind of a mixture of both. For sure. Yeah. Well, it sounds like, so I don't know. I think what I think is inspiring about you, man, is like everybody that you're like involved with in life you're trying to help them see, hey, you can do so much more than you think you can. And you've got, you're capable of so much more than you think you are. And you were kind of telling me earlier, like, hey, like there was this point that I was looking at the times going, oh, I don't think I could do that. But then that obviously flipped and you're like, hey, any anything is possible for me. I can get to that time. Where do you think that switch happened? Yeah, I don't, there's so many little things that I think helped uh, develop that, but like a really simple concept that I think a lot of people can understand is like, you know, friends will introduce you to some game or like some online community or even like an organization, right? And you see people at the very top mm -hmm. who are, you know, a, a leader or they have like their level thousand mage, whatever, you know, <laughs> and uh, the consistent thing between all of those people is that they've just been doing it for a really long time. Yeah. And so kind of what I realized is that, you know, effort and time produces results and like anyone could probably accomplish what these other people have done in anything they're doing mm -hmm. if they spent the same amount of time and effort regularly for sure it's just a decision do you want to be good at this or not you know and so 
And you have, you know, people like Elliot Kipchoge, you know, broke the world record for a marathon in his like second half of his thirties, Yeah, you yeah. know? And so I started to kind of realize that, you know, the myth that so many people have, like in my parents' generation, for sure, that in high school was the fittest they were ever going to be, you know, or maybe even college athletes think after college, you know, they'll never be that fit again. I mean, I, I think I could probably beat my high school half marathons today you yeah. know, at 30. Dude, uh, definitely you way stronger yeah, you know, yeah. than I was at, at 30 or I mean, at 17, whatever. So, yeah, that, that kind of made me feel like it was possible. But even not knowing it was possible and without all that information, I still wanted to just see what was possible. And I, you know, I just thought a lot about like, what does it mean to be a good father? And like, how can I, what do I contribute to these children's life? And I'm a teacher and a coach too. Right. And so sure. like you're, you start to see yourself as like, whether you want to be a role model or not, you're a role model. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, what do you want to model? Do you, do you want to be a productive member of society and like inspire others to do hard things? Or do you want to show everybody that, you know, just take the easy way out and you know don't try too hard and just you know watch netflix until you die you know so <laughs> so and it's really easy for so many people to fall into that you know you work all day you just want to come home and relax but there is a uh there's a quote from saint thomas aquinas uh and i'm catholic by the way gotcha but uh saint thomas aquinas said treat your body like you're going to live forever treat your soul like you're going to die tomorrow and so that is something i think about a lot like as i go day to day like how am i interacting with people and like how am i taking care of myself you know for sure and then you know you see so many examples of people knocking out have you ever looked at like the world masters records it's insane they are dude. fast man yes. even into their 70s and 80s yes sir and so i mean like i'm not hitting those times right now so it just it just shows me you know uh if you if you keep at it you know you you can do you have no idea what you can do yeah, until yeah. you try, you know? So that's kind of my mindset on that. I love it, man. I mean, it's, you, you don't, a lot of people will talk about, oh, I've got it. This is my second act, or this is my third act or stuff like that. I mean, it's, if you think about it, it's really one big act. So yeah. you just got to keep, you got to keep maximizing that potential and just keep, if you put that diligence and dedication to whatever you're doing, I think that's, you're, you're in the like top tier mindset and like, I'm, I'm happy for your students and for your athletes because it's like, hey, they get to have you as a teacher and a coach. And I think that's, you're doing good for the next generation. So I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to make a positive impact. But yeah, Love like it, you man. said, you know, like as I hit 30 or even when I had kids, I, I was just, I just thought about like, you know, do I want to just kind of like, I don't know if waste away is the term, but just kind of start just rolling down the hill to the end. Or, I mean, why does, why do I have to plateau? Yeah, you know? yeah. I, you don't have to regress. You, you can don't keep, have to. keep going up. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. love it. I love it, man. Well, so kind of tell me, I, I, we were talking before this and I was saying like, Hey, like you're that runner friend. What is something that runners always ask you about? And you, you told me about a method that I haven't actually heard about. So I'm, I'm very excited to hear about it. Tell me about the Palmer cooling method and what it is and just give, give everybody, I think there's going to be some other people learning too. Okay. So I have a background in, in biology and anatomy and physiology. So I might get a little wordy on this, but I'll refer you, you to it. some other resources that are easy to learn from. So there was a Stanford paper that came out, I don't know, like five plus years ago. Not that long ago, really, when you think of scientific research. And um, 
I was getting into lifting and just, you know, reading about some, you know, I'm into supplements and, and all that. And so I was reading about this paper and, and basically what it is, is at Stanford, they, they use this glove and they put, um, they put their athlete, an athlete's hand into this glove and they had another machine that was circulating water through the glove and out. Um, okay. The idea is that you have in your, well, let me go back to this, ATP. I don't know if everyone knows what ATP is, yeah, but yeah. it's like the energy currency of the cell, right? And so if you've ever lifted weights or done push-ups, and you go rep by rep and it gets harder and harder and you can barely get that last rep out, well, your muscle didn't disappear. You just ran out of energy, right? You have the same machinery, it's out of fuel. There you go. So part of that happens because of the heat you build up, right? And so you denature these enzymes and they have to make more. Um, and again, that happens with heat. So in your in the palms of your hand and on the soles of your feet and on the forehead of your, your forehead, <laughs> you have this thing called uh, glabrous skin. Okay. Which is where heat exchange occurs because the capillaries have okay. things called anastomoses, which are pores basically. But that's where a lot of your heat exchange occurs. Gotcha. So um, in this, they try to target that in this Stanford study and see what could happen by cooling these areas. So what they had this guy doing like push-ups and pull-ups and something else, I think. I remember the push-ups and pull-ups. I read this a long time ago. And he... They'd put the hands, multiple athletes, obviously, put the hands in the gloves and they were seeing people increase their maximum push-ups by like 50%. So meaning you can go like, I can only do 20 push-ups to now I can do 30 or I can do 50 push-ups. Now I can do 75. Wow. In like five sessions. Of That's insane. Cooling. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, even the Stanford scientists like in the paper says like the endurance and muscular gains are on par or greater than like anabolic steroids. I was like, wow, that's crazy. You just have to hold like cold water. Yeah, know? seriously. <laughs> and so I, I started going to the gym with like Tupperwares <laughs> of cool water, Okay. right? And um, one summer when I started doing this, I was working out with about like 200 pounds on the like leg press at the beginning of the summer for mm -hmm. like three sets of eight. And by the end of the summer, I was doing uh, like 500 pounds. Wow. Yeah. So. Jeez, that is insane. It is insane. It's yeah. so crazy. And like not a lot of people know about it. It's a, it's a very new thing. And so now there are some companies that make some products that are easier to use than a Tupperware with, with ice. That, hey, you use what works for you. You need to have it like, like uh, 50 to 60 degrees is ideal. Okay. Okay. Colder than that. And you start to like have vasoconstriction, which means your blood vessels get smaller so that you don't lose temperature and affect your core heat negatively. Okay. And then like warmer than that just doesn't make a difference. So it's gotta be that perfect. Yeah. 50 to 60 is optimal according to the Stanford paper. Okay. Which, and you can look, you can find the Stanford paper. It's online. It's public. Um, There's a guy that was on the pod a couple months ago, Drew Baxley. I know he's going to be listening to this and he's going to be looking up that paper because he loves like he's, he's in med school right now. He loves anything like this. So you, oh, you're, he'll dig it. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all, y'all would get along. It's a great paper. <laughs> For the common man or even the scientists, you know, because again, that was my background. Uh, there's a company now called AVA Cooling Technology. Okay. And basically they made this device. It, I guess is what you call it. it it's really like a, a tube of a specific alloy and okay. it's got like these end caps. One of them has a thermometer in it. And essentially you just fill it up with, you know, cold water, hold it and you do it. Like if you're doing, so if I'm in the gym, I hold it between sets for like one to three minutes. Okay. And, uh, you know, 
my basically like my last set feels as strong as my first set. Wow. I've even had um like if I use it for treadmill intervals or track days, you know, obviously I'm like big on data. I have my heart rate monitor strapped yeah. to my chest. I've had multiple occasions where in my last like sprint I had a lower resting heart rate than my first sprint did using the Palmer cooling between sets. So it's bonkers, dude. Yeah. So it's wild. Um, and I've, I've introduced it to a lot of athletes, um, yeah. that I train and, and even just friends. Yeah. But Palmer cooling is, you know, it's a, it's a crazy breakthrough in, in athletic medicine and how we understand like how heat, uh, affects fatigue, yeah. stuff like that. Cause I mean, like you have people that put on a sweatsuit and just like go hard and like, yeah, all this hot training is gonna make me so tough. And like really it cuts into your gains a lot, you know, it's what we're okay. learning. Yeah. So it might be mentally, you know, advantageous, but physically it's really just like super tough and maybe doesn't give you the gains you want, huh. you know? So, and, and I think everyone's understanding now that like recovery is 50% of, of the gains. 50% is the work. The other 50% is the recovery, right? It's all that patience and it's tough to be patient sometimes, you know? Yeah. I tell, I tell the middle school students I teach and coach, like, you know, you got to get off Fortnite and go to sleep. Cause like <laughs> you might get like 10 points of potential gain yeah. during the day, but your recovery is five points and that caps it. And you're really going to get five points of gain. Right. So <laughs> I'm sure they hear the Fortnite analogy. They're like, okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm like, understanding yeah, this. Fortnite OG just came out, Mr. Jones. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, um, that's polymer cooling and it's awesome. And I almost like don't want to tell some people about it because it's like, there goes my edge, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's wild. And, uh, there's a lot of colleges that use it now. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember, I think it was like, there's lots of sport teams, but there was one example of like, I think it was Florida state and Alabama maybe were in the NCAA like championship, uh, softball, whatever. Uh -huh. And they both had polymer cooling devices in their dugouts. Like, huh. yeah. So it's growing, it's definitely yeah, growing. Wild. Yeah. But I think it's still pretty much unknown to like common people but it's going into like that the competitive scene dude now i'm gonna look it up i might i've got some tupperware at home that i do not use so i might be taking <laughs> yeah, your that, pathway that's what i started with was the tupperware that was i think before this product was available but uh yeah it's good stuff man it sounds like a good starting point though yeah i mean yeah. it's starting somewhere trying it a little bit you know? yeah definitely yeah and if you're gonna start with the tupperware i would read the paper or or it's probably easier to read some of the resources ava cooling has too okay and there might be other companies i'm just not aware of them but uh i've had really good uh results with the aba cooling there you go sure, yeah. hey well I'm, I'm gonna check it out man thank you thank you for passing it on to yeah, me appreciate yeah, it for sure there you go well all right taylor i want give me like one piece of advice you've given me some great advice and i think some great motivation for everybody out there listening but give like one word of advice for a beginner runner or for like yourself something you might want to know when you were a beginner that mm, would have helped you that's easy so when I first started running, I just thought, well, there was like two things I thought that I needed to do to get better at running was run a lot. Like when I trained for my first half marathon, I was going on like two hour runs like every day yeah. <laughs> and, and having cross country practice. So Dude. I had so many injuries, man. I wasn't eating enough for all that. So like that was one thing not, not true to, to do, not ideal. You're going to get injured. The other thing I thought was that I needed to run hard on like all my workouts, like like train for the race, you know, run race pace. And again, that actually did not help me advance very quickly. And I didn't see a lot of gains. Most of my gains through high school were just, uh, you know, like mental, you know, getting tougher and accepting more pain. Yeah. Right. 
And so like the, the gut, you know, running 5Ks, it, they hurt. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and so anyways, the biggest thing for me, well, I'll just say this, like throughout my second, third, fourth year in cross country, I probably went from like a 21 to an 18 minute okay. 5K, you know, a minute a year, not a huge gain. And this one, this one last year, I started doing the 80-20 rule in Palmer Cooling and I went from like an 8.30 split on my 10K to a seven minute split on my 10K. Wow. So it took a minute off, minute and a half off and, and you yeah, know, that's insane. it's huge, huge gain. And I mean, my total 10K down has yeah, dropped yeah. a ton, right? Dude, okay. So like I'm almost about to go sub 40 in the 10K. There we go. And I think the biggest thing I've done is the 80-20 rule, right? Okay. So that is the idea that 80% of your runs should be really easy, right? Um, and I use heart rate training. So like zone one, zone two, look into that if you don't know about it. And then- Drew Baxley is your dude. Y'all are cut from the exact same cloth. Yeah, I don't-, I don't <laughs> that, That's the dude you need to know. But I, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I used to run for like a certain distance at a certain pace. Now I run for a certain time at a specific heart rate because your heart doesn't really know how fast you're going or what your pace was. Like a six minute pace one day, on a hot day is way a higher, super humid yeah, day, right? a way higher heart rate than a six minute pace on a cool day, right? When you've got plenty of sleep and you didn't stay out late with friends or whatever the night before. So the pace is not really a good indicator of your effort. Mm -hmm. So I go by heart rate a lot. Anyways, so 80% of my runs for time basically are easy. Zone one, zone two, you could like talk to someone while you do it. It's it's almost harder to go that slow actually like you have to go really slow to, for sure to stay yeah. in zone one yeah it yeah and it hurts when you're in like a public park and everyone's <laughs> just passing by you're like i'm faster than him but you gotta <laughs> run in zone one and then 20 percent of your runs are are really hard zone four is zone five and maybe some zone three and i probably race in like zone three zone four for sure but um yeah all of those heart rate zones have a have a different effect and that's might be a little bit advanced. The easiest rule of thumb for a new runner to follow would just be 80% easy, 20% hard. There you go. Yeah. Maybe even like some people ask me like, how do I gauge the percentage? And I'm like, hey, when you're starting, go on one hard run a week and do everything else easy. Yeah. And that's a good place to start, you know? Yeah, absolutely. There you go. Yeah. Because yeah, when you might cut it up advanced later and be like, well, I'm doing an interval, so it's not all hard or easy. But yeah, if you do five runs, that's your 20%. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Easy money, man. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you, Tyler. Thank you for sitting down with me today. And thanks for kind of just sharing the inspiration that you give to students, to the athletes you work with, to everybody on a daily basis. Thanks for sharing that with the rest of, rest of the world on the pod, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a good time, man. Of course, man. Well, so tell us about where your favorite 5K is. Well, uh, my favorite place to run, and it is a favorite of tons of Houstonians. I don't think you can say you've run in Houston if you haven't run here is the three mile loop at memorial park i haven't so, run it so oh, really? i guess i haven't run in houston then, oh right? yeah you got to try it and like okay. i mean like right now if you go out there early morning saturday and sunday everyone training for the houston marathon is going to be there running okay you know? so that's where catapult trains there's another group i can similar idea okay. they do that too but yeah that's that's the spot so there we they go. have a three mile loop that's the that's the 5k right there yeah i'm sure i've seen it on strava like and i think i, I can picture it's like almost like a loop kind of like yeah. like it's a big circle it's a big circle yeah yeah okay yeah. i've run the herman park loop okay but i not memorial park yeah. so i gotta i gotta get both of them in right? Houston has a lot of great parks yeah and there's there terry go. hershey too and 
there's just there's honestly so many trails and good places to run in Houston. It's a very good community for running. There we go. Um, but uh, that is my number one 5k spot and you know usually i'm running more than a 5k on it but you're doing like two laps or yeah more, at right? least yeah. yeah but uh yeah i've that's probably like 50 percent of my runs in the last year there are, you go. Are on that loop so and it's great there's so many people it, it's kind of like it's kind of like going to a gym honestly mm -hmm. you see people that you know inspire you and and there's so much uh just interesting things to look at and people watching like there's this guy that walks around he bounces like five or six books on his head. He's always there on Saturday. Man. And you start to recognize faces. And I was telling you before, the Houston running scene is actually kind of a small world. And so I see a lot of the same people out there and it, it's a good community. There you go, yeah. man. Hope y'all were able to get active while y'all were listening to this today. And whatever way you do, hope you were able to get a little bit better and improve a little bit um, in, in whatever type of activity is your forte. Um, so I wanted to thank Tyler one more time, man. Thank you for sitting down with me. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you sharing inspiration with the people and kind of just charging everybody up, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Well, hey, if you have any questions, reach out to 5q5kpod at gmail.com. We'll be happy to answer them or go to 5q5kpod on Instagram. And also go to dadmiles22 on Instagram if you want to reach out to Tyler. For sure, yeah. I'll see you there. There you go. Well, hope y'all had a good one. Hope y'all learned something. And until next time, guys, peace. Peace.